hunger. All of us have experienced hunger, maybe not the starvation of some uh, people that have no food hardly at all, but all of us, when we get hungry, if we leave it too many hours, we start to get dizzy, we start to become weak, we start to get irritated, etc. So all of us have experienced physical hunger. However, there is another hunger that a lot of times we don't think about, and that is spiritual hunger. And the spiritual hunger is worse than the physical hunger. Because physical hunger, if we don't get any food at the end, we die. However, we're going to die anyway, and at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter about the body. What matters is the soul, because it's the soul which lives on after our death. And therefore, if our soul is hungry, slowly, slowly, our soul begins to die. Die in the sense that you might say, well, if it dies, like the Jehovah Witnesses say, because they say the soul dies, and only the elect rise from the dead. But in orthodoxy, the soul doesn't die. So therefore, it sounds like I'm saying something that's a contradiction. How can I say the soul dies, but then I say the soul doesn't die? And what I mean by that the soul dies, it dies spiritually even though the soul continues to live in the next life. That's correct. The soul is immortal. So whether someone goes to heaven or whether someone goes to hell, the soul will keep on existing forever. God created the soul and as he himself is immortal, he has also created us to be immortal. Therefore, if the soul lives and the soul doesn't die, what did I mean in the beginning of the talk when I said that the soul uh, dies? It dies spiritually because it doesn't have spiritual food. Now we all know that the body, our bodies physically need water, certain amount of salt and certain types of the food groups so that it can live. And if it's deprived of those things to some degree, then it, the body can become sick or it can die. What is spiritual food? And how do we prevent spiritual starvation? How do we prevent the soul dying in a sense spiritually, meaning that in the next life it doesn't get saved? That's a very important question. Now, if I sat down and spoke to you about interest rates, if I spoke to you about other things like I can tell you the secret of what numbers to choose in the lotteries so that you can win a million dollars. I'm sure that most of you will come very close. But, those, but that is not important. Because even if you win a million dollars, at the end, you still die. So therefore, it's not really the aim of life to win a million dollars. Or to be healthy 
like a lot of people now, they're in this fashion of um, health. So on television, everywhere you go, everything's to do with health. They're trying to say to us that if you become healthy, you live forever. In a way, that's what it is, like a brainwashing. That's a very important for your body to be healthy. But does that mean that we shouldn't be healthy? Of course, it's a sin to do bad to your body. But at the same time, we don't make a god out of our bodies. We, don't, we do not worship our bodies. We do not have the health of our bodies as number one. But number one is the health of our soul. And to prevent spiritual starvation, we need spiritual food. So as I said, that is important and therefore all of you should be listening to see, well, what is this spiritual food? Now some of you will say Holy Communion. And that's correct. Holy Communion is spiritual food. And some of you might stop at that because you don't know. And today, I'm going to list some things that will help you and help me to, to remind us what is spiritual food? What does the church say is spiritual food? And therefore make an effort to eat of this spiritual food so that we do not starve and have what's called spiritual death, as Christ said to the man who said, Christ, Lord, let me go and bury my father. And Christ said to him, let the dead bury the dead, meaning let the spiritually dead bury your father who died a spiritual death. So, what is the food? Holy communion, of course, is the ultimate. That's spiritual food. However, also, the word of God is spiritual food. At this moment now, that you are listening to the sermon, you are, you are your soul is partaking of spiritual food. Your soul is being fed, and mine as well. When we hear the word of God, when we read the word of God by reading the Bible, when we read the lives of saints, when we read the lives of elders, when we read the writings of the saints, the Holy Fathers, we are eating, our soul is at that time, is delighting in spiritual food. Today, as I've mentioned other times, the Bible is hardly read. People read magazines, internet, and everything else. However, the Bible is put to the side. In the old days, it was a precious thing to have a Bible because it used to be handwritten and very expensive. Not that it was forbidden for lay people to have the Bible, but it was just hard to get. But today, the Bible has been translated into all languages and it's easy to get. So therefore, when we stand on the last day, when we stand when Christ comes again to judge the living and the dead, when we all stand in front of him to be judged of what we've done while we were on earth, 
and next to us will be someone from the 6th or 7th or 8th century who said, I wanted to be able to read the Holy Scriptures, but I couldn't have them, I could only hear them in church, but I couldn't have them to read at home, to ponder them, to study them, to be fed by them, because I couldn't afford it. And then next to him will be standing us. And what are we going to say when we find out that you can, you can purchase a, um, a New Testament for a dollar or two dollars, or that they're given out for free? Here at the talk, they're given out for free. What are we going to answer to God when we, he asks us, did you read my word? Did you read my gospel? And we might say, but why should we read it? Because he will answer, in there is my law, the commandments. It is there that you learn how to live in this world. Because a lot of us don't know how to, what does God want? What does he expect from us? And therefore, we will give word. It's been translated in Serbian, modern Greek, Russian. It's been translated into English. It is disdain. Disdain means this. Disdain, we've all been disdained and we don't like it. Disdain is when we see someone and then when we go to say hello, they turn their back. They don't want to really see us and they ignore us or they just treat us as if we're nothing. That's called disdain. When we don't, do not read God's word, it is as if we are disdaining him. The fathers of the church have gone as far as to say that if we do not read the word of God in the, in the form of lives of saints, in the, in the form of the, the Holy Bible, the writings of the fathers, especially if we've got access to them, we cannot be saved. Now some of you might say that's very harsh. Well, what do you want me to say? As a priest... That's my duty. Now, some people might say, you shouldn't say those things because some people won't come back. But remember one thing, those of you who read the Bible, you read that Christ said, whoever doesn't eat my body and drink my blood has no life. When the others, it says in the Bible, when the people heard that, they said, what is he saying? This is too much, this is very hard. How can he expect us to eat his body and drink his blood? And it said there that many left him. Quite a few didn't want to listen to him. And then he turned around to his apostles and said, Do you also want to go? And even though the apostles didn't understand what's meant by eat my body and drink my blood, because a lot of people that left thought that he was making out that tell them to be cannibals, to eat human flesh and drink human blood. They were confused. But the apostles, even though they didn't understand it, in their heart they felt that those words were holy and there must be something behind those words. So what did the apostles do? They said, no, where should we go? You have the words of eternal life. But the question arises, why did Christ, why did God, because Christ is God, why did God say such a harsh thing? Because a lot of people left. Now today, those who try to Think of the church as logical, as rational, 
everything's going to be worked out in, by the mind, like the, like the West did and destroyed themselves, the Western church, they say you should always explain things so that people understand. That's what they say to priests. Preach things that are logical, things that people can use their minds to understand. In other words, they think that we are preaching a philosophy because a philosophy, Greek philosophy, can be understood with the mind. If I preach the word of God or the priests preach the word of God, which can only be understood by the mind, therefore it's not spiritual. So you might as well go to Jenny Craig or other philosophies around the place and listen to other things, how to make money, how to lose weight, how to live forever supposedly and everything else. Because that's all logical. But the church is not just a church, of course we use our minds, but the spiritual speaks to the heart. And therefore, by saying to the priest, you must speak logical and you shouldn't say things that are difficult for people to understand because we'll lose the people, we'll lose the 20 cents in the trays, I answer to that, that are you also judging Christ who said, whoever doesn't eat my body and drink my blood has no life? Are we going to judge him as well for a lot of the things that he said? If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Of course, these have spiritual meanings. But people hearing it who weren't spiritual heard it and say, what's he saying now? Pluck out our eye, cut off our hand. What's he saying? So the question is, why does he say it? Because he wants his word to be uh, accepted by people spiritually, not just with the mind, but spiritually. And that is why when you hear something in church, I read things a lot of times and I come across things and I go, what is that? I don't understand it. It's confusing. It sounds harsh. But what I say is, well, who am I? We have to humble ourselves and say, well, there must be something deeper. There must be something that is beyond me at this time. So the word of God is also spiritual food. Spiritual food is what you're going to receive now in a few minutes. The holy unction, the oil, that is also a way of receiving grace. Having holy water every morning with a bit of andidoro every morning. And starting from December, God willing, if we do the holy unction again, I'm going to make it in a bigger cup so that people can also take some holy oil home. Because a spiritual father of the Russian church in 2007, I think he died, Father John Christiankin, he actually advised these people, he said that you should anoint yourself daily with holy oil. And he also said, and if necessary, to drink some for healing. Interesting that he actually said that. And he was one of the greatest spiritual fathers that um, was around in Russia just up to a few years ago. Spiritual food is when we venerate icons. Spiritual food is when we pray. Especially when we pray, we receive a lot of grace. Spiritual food is when we confess. Spiritual food is when we give alms to the poor. We forget that. 
Oh, how much grace we receive when we give to the poor with a compassionate heart, when we think about those who are hungry and those in need. Spiritual food is when we forgive someone. Spiritual food is when we uh, feel some bad thoughts coming into our minds. We try to reject them. That's spiritual struggle. That action of trying to think good things about people, to shoo away from ourselves bad things or bad feelings, that's what's called spiritual struggle. That's spiritual food. And the biggest of the, um, not the biggest, but uh, the one that we forget is what Christ said, that he, that though, that he who, he or she, who listens to my commandments and does them, then we will come and abide in that person. Who's we? We, with capital W, is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when we practice the law of God, when we make an effort to practice the law of God, to do the commandments, and when we fail, we repent, then we, at that time, receive the grace of God. God in Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit comes and abides in the soul of those who attempt, even attempt to do the commandments. And remember that the commandments are to be found in the Gospels. Blessed are the poor in spirit, meaning the humble so God wants us to be humble, not to show off, not to get angry. All these commandments. But how are we going to know these commandments if we do not read the law of God? It's not enough to read, not that it's a sin, you can do it, to read the interest rates, to read about shares, to read about properties. Is it time to invest, not to invest, better to rent, not to rent? Send the children to good schools. The problem is that we do not put an effort into finding out something which is far more important than the stock exchange and the bank's interest rates, etc. And what's far more important is the salvation of the soul. And that's why St. Seraphim of Sarov, when he was asked what is the aim of the Christian life, he said the aim of the Christian life is the acquisition of the Holy Spirit. Acquisition means to acquire the grace of God. And when he was asked, how do you do that, elder? How do we acquire the grace of God? And he said, through, the, through doing the commandments for Christ's sake. Not that we do the commandments to show off, but we do them because they're God's commandments. And we want to do them because we want to be saved. And because when we do the commandments, we are fed spiritually and we live even from now. And we see people depressed. There are people that are depressed for physical reasons. There are certain illnesses which can make a person depressed. But there's also depression which is a sign that the soul is starving. That the soul is lacking the grace of God. The soul is not receiving food, spiritual food, so that the person is depressed. The person has no joy in them. 
Because, because orthodox spirituality gives life, gives light, light to the mind, light to the soul. It gives freedom of the burden of sins, meaning doesn't mean that we're sinless, but it means that when we sin, at least we know how to receive forgiveness instead of carrying all these bad things in us. So these are just, what I'm trying to say is these are the way to receive spiritual food. So today, apart from the fact that you'll be anointed and you will receive spiritual food, do not forget, and this advice is not just for you, for me as well, we must not forget to study the Word of God Diligently. And today you have to make an effort because people are so distracted. Facebook, the internet, Twitter, TV, cable, computers. People are so distracted that they can't bring their minds to study the Word of God. And that is why we have to make an effort. And that's spiritual struggle. In the prayer of anointing, I'll finish now, it says here, O Holy Father, physician of souls and bodies, who didst send thine only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to heal every infirmity and deliver from death, this part, do thou heal thy servants of the bodily and spiritual infirmities, sicknesses, which do hinder them, enliven, give them life, by the grace of thy Christ. So when we receive grace, we receive life. If we die with the grace in our soul, then that continues on into the next life. If we die being spiritually hungry, then that will continue in the next life. So let us all feed ourselves while we are alive, which is why we have this time on earth, not to make ourselves beautiful and to become rich and to become important and to be on the internet or on YouTube so everyone can look at us. But the reason that we are here on earth for how many years will be, some of us 50, 60, 70, 20, 10, 5, whatever, we are here as a preparation for the next life. What's the point? As Christ says, if you gain the whole world, and lose your soul. Amen.